All right. What's up, Dream Warriors? Welcome back to another episode of a podcast on Elm Street. I'm Mark. And I'm Brooke. And this week we are coming at you with Brooke's pick of the house that Jack built from 2018. Mm-hmm. Why? Why this movie? That's a, a good question. That's <laughs> a great question. Um, I don't know. I just wanted to do a Lars von Scheer movie. And I know you hadn't seen this one yet. We've both seen Antichrist. I've seen this one before. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's a good question. There, this movie is uh, it's a tough watch. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so this episode, uh, you know, it's they have some disturbing topics of some stuff that happens in this movie. So. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, just listeners, beware. <laughs> You're in for a scare. Yeah, goosebumps. Um. With that being said, though, I found Antichrist to be worse than this movie. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Like visually, or the content. Content of Antichrist was more disturbing than this? Maybe not. I felt like Antichrist was harder to watch than this one. Mm. I don't know if that means that the content was more disturbing or if it was just like grosser. So you would watch this movie before Antichrist? Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. But I mean, with that being said, there's some thoughts i have for this movie <laughs> yeah um i have really wanted to watch his other movie melancholia yeah but i don't think it's like much horror i just yeah mm-hmm. yeah but anyways it's gonna be an interesting conversation i think yeah <laughs> there's yeah <laughs> quite the pick yeah yeah. With, with that being said, I also forgot to think of a movie for our next episode. So I'm going to be thinking about it <laughs> while we talk. All right. Fair enough. But, anyways, before we talk too much more about this movie, let's kick off our booze and news. What are you drinking this week? Uh, I am drinking a Lost Craft Brewery uh, Rocket Pop Sour. Um, oh, that sounds very yeah. good. So I think I've had this before, but... I've never seen that. Really? No, I can't open it. Oh, it's one of those childproof locks. I hate it whenever it's like, it's so cold, but then it starts getting like warmer. So you get all that condensation on it. And it's yeah. like... You get your fingers under it. No. Good. Oh, why did I? Oh, why did I do that? What am I doing? What'd you do? I just yes. halfway opened mine. Um, I'm dr- drinking another Cameron's <laughs> Brewing Company, uh, Cosmic Cream Ale. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, I have two of them in the fridge. Uh, because I didn't drink the one out of my last box of the stuff that I got. Mm. 
Oh, that is good. You know, this brewing company, they've been surprising me. I think I've liked every single one of them that I've had in those boxes. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, what have you been watching? Um, Not much this week. Uh, I've watched a couple of things. One very important movie. Oh. Um. So, went to the movies with my buddy. Uh, watched Talk to Me. Oh, yes, that's right. Um, as you can see, I very much liked it a lot. Yep. Uh, just fantastic. I can't believe that the this is their first movie they've done. Um, I'm not familiar with them. I I forget what their YouTube channel or company was called. Um, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, apparently that they gave up filming a DC movie for this movie. Really? Yeah. Do you think yeah. that was a good choice? Yes. Yes. Especially with the way the DC is currently. Do you know um, what DC movie? No. No. I don't think it's one that was made. But mm. anyway, Talk to Me is fucking awesome. It's on, literally came on VOD like the day after that we went to the movies to watch it pretty much. <laughs> Um, so it is available to rent. Uh, it's hundred percent worth the price. Um, nice. So, yeah. And then I watched uh, Harakiri. I think that's how you, you pronounce it. Um, but I watched this for a while. It's one of the most highly rated movies out there. Uh, really well done. Um, story was really cool. Uh, just like this whole era of like 1600s um samurai is very cool so yeah um that's it uh other thing i did this week is went to ottawa comic-con and met casper van dean if you saw my post there Uh, i got his autograph (laughs) and some pictures and it was awesome man i was literally shaking like leaving and uh yeah that's sweet yeah. So like, I've never gone, well, I've gone to Comic-Con before, but I was younger. So I didn't like do the whole meet and greet thing. Mm-hmm. How long are you talking to them for? So like, well, quick, like five minute kind of thing or? No. So he had a panel that was in like a few minutes. So like, I couldn't like really stay in chat. Like when I got there, there was like nobody in his line at all. Okay. So like if he didn't have the panel, you know, he may have chat with me for you know five minutes or whatever but yeah yeah we chatted for a couple of minutes asked him a couple of questions and told him you know that i watched our sip troopers when i was really young and mm-hmm. he's like oh i'm sorry for fucking you up <laughs> <laughs> and i uh, got his autograph said uh give him hell so nice yeah it was all i gotta get it framed there's a few a couple other posters that i got that day that i gotta get framed mm-hmm. as well so that's um, sweet yeah what was you, man? Hopefully next year I can go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, your girl wasn't uh, there on Sunday. What the? F- oh, yeah. I think she was only there Saturday. Yeah. The other guy was there. Uh, oh. Alex Thunder or something like that. or Dakota. I think it's. Oh, Dakota Di- Beavers or something. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I didn't want to meet him. <laughs> All right. As for me, um, not a whole lot. Uh. Here we go. Um, I watched Quicksand, which is one that you had oh, watched. Nice. Not necessarily recommended, but you had watched it and said it was decent. Yep. 
Yeah. Um, and I can agree with that for what it is. Yeah. It wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. Highly unbelievable, but not terrible. Yeah. Pretty uh, <laughs> predictable as well, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I've seen worse movies, especially from this year. Yep. So. For sure. Um, other than that, haven't really watched anything. Uh, I don't really know what I what I've been spending my time doing. It's just like <laughs> like a week goes by and it's just like, what yeah. the fuck did I do every night? Yeah, I know. Just, I don't know. Play Diablo, I guess. Nice. It's like also, halfway through September. Yeah. Yeah. September 15th. That's fucking crazy, man. But I mean, it is spooky season now, so. Yep. Sure is. Where's my shit? There we go. All right. As for the news, I don't have a whole lot, but um, October 13th is a pretty exciting day. Um, We have a new Goosebumps reboot series that's dropping on Disney Mm -hmm. Plus on that day. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm excited for it, but at the same time, I'm like cautiously excited for it because right i mean it's a new age reboot so mm-hmm. i have a feeling it's not going to be great yeah but i mean we grew up on goosebumps and yeah. i don't know the show the books so mm-hmm. i'm excited for it regardless yeah um and also releasing on october 13th and this one's slightly monumental but uh john carpenter is coming out of a 13 year retirement to direct a show called Suburban Screams, which is releasing on hmm. Peacock on October thirteenth. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, um, little write up here. The show's six episodes explore true tales of terror that took place in seemingly perfect American town hometowns. Uh, they will include not only firsthand accounts but also cinematic reenactments, personal archives, and historic town press coverage. Hmm. So, I mean, it's going to be like somewhat documentary style, but I'm excited yeah. for it. I think. Did you say that he's producing it or directing it? Directing it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause his last directing credit that's like actually a movie was The Ward from 2010. So I'm excited to check that out. Yeah. We don't have Peacock up here, but we'll find some way no. to watch it, I'm sure. <laughs> Well, that's all I have for news. Cool. So hit us with this week's 4K yes. releases. <laughs> <laughs> for anyone that uh, watched and listened to our other um, podcast, you might already know some of these. <laughs> uh, so September 12th, that's this week. <laughs> yes. Uh, so a movie called Kiss the Girls. Um, no idea what it is, but got more than three minutes. Uh, Kick Ass Two, which I did get. I went to the movie store and saw just like Kick Ass. I was like, "Oh, sick!" And then like you just see the little two as like, uh, "Yeah, I want the other one." <laughs> uh, Shrek the Third, mm-hmm. Batman: Mask of the Phantasm, uh, Smile, Game Trick, pretty sick. Dad, what you gonna a, say? I was gonna say that's a sick fucking steel book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh walkabout criterion. Don't know what that is, but I'm sure it's it. good. Uh Ghoulies getting <laughs> a 4K release. Uh The Last House in the Left from 2009. Um nice. 
haven't watched that movie in a long time. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. A lot shorter than <laughs> what you gave us last time. I know, right? All right, cool. Um, yeah, that Kick-Ass Two Steel book's really cool too. Yeah. All right. Well, we might as well kick off the theme music and dive into the house that Jack built. said the intro this week is the house that jack built from 2018 starting off with the synopsis the story follows jack a highly intelligent serial killer over the course of 12 years and depicts the murders that really develop his inner madman this was directed by lars von trier as we've already mentioned Mm -hmm. um he's also done nymphomaniac one and two uh which is basically like two porn movies um, he did Antichrist, Manderley, and Melancholia, as you mentioned. Um, I thought his directing list was a lot longer than this. Yeah, me too. Because he does have a pretty big name out there. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess it's more for like shock value. Yeah. The stuff yeah, that exactly. he does. Yeah. Um, for the cast, I have Matt Dillon, who plays Jack. Uh, he's obviously in There's Something About Mary, Crash, Drugstore Cowboy, Asteroid City, and You, Me, and Dupree. This was a very different role for him. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I was really surprised. Like, whenever this movie first came out, I was like, whoa, Matt Dillon playing a serial mm-hmm. killer? Like, that yeah. is so out of character for him. Yeah. But, he, I spoiler alert, I think he did a good job. Yeah, me too. Uh, Bruno Gans, who played Verge. Um, mainly his voice through the whole movie. Then we finally do see him at the end, but yeah. Uh, Uma Thurman played lady one mm-hmm. and Riley Keough played simple. Yeah. We've already done a couple movies. with Riley Keough. So I didn't bother putting her down and Uma Thurman is Uma Thurman. So <laughs> yeah, everybody knows who she is. Yeah. She basically had like a Drew Barrymore moment in this movie. She's in it for like five minutes and then fucking yeah. gets brutally murdered. Yeah. Did, who did I say? Did I say Drew Barrymore? You did, yes. Okay. In my mind, I was like, I thought I said Drew Barrymore, but then I was like, in my mind, I was like, did I say Halle Berry? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, kind of close. They both have Barry in their names. Yeah, I don't know. My mind just like played a trick on me for a second. That's funny. All right. I don't know. Did I didn't have any honorable mentions. I don't know if you did or not. I did, yes. Okay. Uh so Shabon Fallen Fallon Hogan, who played Lady Two or Claire. Oh yeah. Um, she was in Men in Black, mm-hmm. the uh iconic sugar, sugar scene. <laughs> <laughs> uh and Jeremy Davies, who plays Al. Um He's the gun guy. The gun guy. Yeah, yeah. He's been in a lot of stuff like Saving Private Ryan. Uh, what else? 
Twister. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Black Phone. Yeah. Who was he in the Black Phone? I think he was the brother. Maybe. Is he the dad? Maybe. His name's Terrence. Oh, he is the dad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And I think that was it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so like there's some big names in it, but also like those big names outside of Matt Dillon are like pretty quick in the movie. Yeah, like uh Amber Thurman, like the first time I watched the movie, I didn't even really recognize it was her until mm-hmm. the credits. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, let's try and dissect this mind fuck of a movie. Uh, yeah, let's try. <laughs> thanks thanks for picking another one yeah yeah you're welcome we could just talk about the first uh two hours and 10 minutes of the movie okay dude fuck man i'm not gonna fucking lie man yeah i'm gonna be straight up with you because i was watching on apple tv so you can do like the 10 second skip in the last 20 20 minutes i was like okay skip skip yeah skip Skip. okay the scene changed okay i'll go back for 10 seconds yeah yeah. Okay, it's just the same shit. Skip, skip. Because like I couldn't do it anymore, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah this movie is so drawn out. It was, yeah. Like the first time I watched it, like legit, like almost fell asleep. And yeah, this movie's already two hours and thirty five minutes, and like yeah, there's definitely a lot of stuff that they could have cut out. Like there's just so much random shit that they throw in, like. This movie does a really good job of capturing Jack's kind of story. Like it's mm-hmm. literally over 12 years, but I love how they like use past references and like stories from history to like yeah. explain why he's doing this. Basically, the whole movie is him talking to uh Verge, who is supposed to be like some poets of some kind a roman poet or something like that from what mm-hmm. i read and he's like trying to say like argue against why it's okay he did these things i think mm-hmm. um but there's a lot of just filler stuff like it's like a whole scene of them talking about grapes and it's like <laughs> what the fuck like <laughs> dessert over, over my head like yeah. I just yeah and like I feel like that, like in Lars von Trier's head, that type of shit, like needed to be in the movie for whatever reason, like for mm. artistic value or whatever. Cause he does have like, he does put a lot of random shit in his movies. Yeah. And I, I mean, he's, he's, I don't want to say he's a legendary director, but I mean, he has made a significant name for himself in the movies that he's done yeah. as like kind of art house fucking movies Mm -hmm. right he's very polarizing yeah yeah whereas like i feel you have like you know the wes anderson's the paul thomas anderson's uh Mm -hmm. those directors that are like they have their style but i feel like lars is like his movies are in an entirely different category like Mm -hmm. it's almost like he's just making them disturbing just for like shock value mm-hmm. but i really don't think he is like oh, on purpose you know 
he adds like this artistic value to it. And like, even with this movie, like we see so many flashes of art pieces mm-hmm. and like how that ties into what Jack's doing. Yeah. And it's like, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't understand. It. <laughs> yeah. The ending I'm with you. I do. I don't get it. Like, but uh, yeah, we can get to that. I don't know. We're just when fucking we get to the end, but uh, dumb Canadians, I guess. I guess so. Like what Josh always says, they're just dumb Americans. Yeah. Um, I do like how this movie kind of breaks it down into the incidents. It made mm-hmm. it a lot easier to follow along Jack's yeah. um, story. Uh, so there's five incidents over a 12-year period. He probably kills, I would say, from what he says in the movie, like he says 61. So probably like I think if the people at the end survived, which I guess they got saved by the cops, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Say like maybe 62 people, 63 people he's he's killed. Yeah, because Riley Keough, she he tells her that he's killed 61. Mm-hmm. And that included her. Yeah, because at the beginning of the date or whatever, he says, oh, I've killed 60 people. And then yeah. he's like 61. And she's like, huh? Because <laughs> he called her simple, but... <laughs> He's like, you really don't fucking get it. Like, you're dumb (laughs) as a fucking doorknob. It's like, you're the 61st person that I'm going to (laughs) kill. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I don't know if there's anybody after her, because Incident 5 was the one where he didn't actually kill anybody. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 61. 60-ish. Yeah. Uh, So, the first incident, um, I'm guessing this is his first kill, is Lady 1 yeah uh so he has this very creepy van um like you said i think matt dylan is fantastic in this movie Mm -hmm. uh this movie did remind me a a lot of american psycho a bit Mm -hmm. um it was kind of go ahead uh, i was gonna say it reminded me of henry portrait of a serial killer too yeah that as well that as well but i think like out of the serial killer movies I've seen, I think this is like my favorite, the way that they've shown his progression. And like some of it is like comical with how ridiculous, like he becomes with his killings. And then mm-hmm. like, he just likes lets that go and just tries to risk it all. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So his first incident is lady one who's Uma Thurman. Uh, her car breaks down and, you know, she's kind of a bitch to him mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, she says, like, just for the blue, like, oh, my dad always said, don't get in the car with strangers. And she's like, basically, you look, like a ser- you look like a serial killer. And she's like, you know, you could just toss my body over there. And so ridiculous. Like, why are you saying this <laughs> to this random guy with this van? Yeah. And like the whole story of her is she has this car jack that's broken. So he has to like, he doesn't want anything to do with her. Like I felt like she got herself killed because she just kept pestering and pestering. Like, oh, oh yeah. take me to this garage and fix it. And then the well, even the welder was like, "Well, I was working on uh, Curtis's tractor there, but this lady is very persistent." And <laughs> then, like they're back, and he's trying to jack her car up, and the thing breaks, and Jack is like. You know, really don't give a fuck about this. I I have an appointment, and she's like, appointment, and like, yeah. She goes, "What's your appointment for?" And that's really none of your fucking business. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so then he drives her back again. And then she's just like, you know, I take back what she's, what I said before. You couldn't be a serial killer. You're too much of a, a fucking wimp. And I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and then he just fucking grabs the jacket and bashes her fucking head in. Oh. It was a quick and surprising kill. Like you knew it was coming. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. it still took me a bit by surprise just because he's just driving and he grabs the fucking metal jacket right to the face. Yeah. And then it shows her after and she just has a fucking big hole in her forehead. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and then he takes her back to his house, but well, not a house. He buys like a like a meat cooler. Yeah, it's like an abandoned kind of restaurant. Yeah, thing, like an old pizza place or something. Mm-hmm. I love that first scene too. Whenever we see him go in there, because it's like mm-hmm. this great big huge walk-in freezer, and yeah. you just see the fucking shelves just lined with frozen pizza. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah. The, p- the pizza came with the the place." And the guy said it was a great deal, but I haven't been able to sell them, so here they all are. And there's yeah. like five hundred pizzas just oh, all over yeah. the place. And he's like, "I did, I did try to eat." one of those shitty fucking pizzas. <laughs> uh, but there's like a little kind of thing, like um, the thing we're talking about before, like not a flashback, but just little like video graphics of like stuff. So like the first one mm-hmm. we see is like all this like art and stuff like that. And he's like kind of comparing how murder is like a form of art and stuff like that of mm-hmm. how he sees it. Yeah. Um, And he's talking about how he's an engineer um, but he actually wanted to go to be an architect and like his dad or something like didn't want him to be an architect and he purchased like a building lot and he's gonna build his house there mm-hmm. kind of like progresses through of him trying to build a house yeah um and in that cooler there's an, another door to another room mm-hmm. that he can't open um yeah. that he tries to get through the whole movie and he never can until the end yeah I like too how he he welds brackets on the outside of the door. So like mm-hmm. the the side that he would open is where these brackets are, and he puts these yeah. great big metal beams on it. Yeah, as if he's afraid that they're gonna come out after they've already gone in there. Like they're dead and frozen. No, they're on the inside. He are the bars on the in. inside? Yeah, because he locks himself in there, so I don't think people can get in. Oh, okay. I was wow, thinking they're on the like, other side of the door. No. Okay. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think they're on the inside. Yeah, maybe. Um, anything that, from that first incident uh, they want to talk further about or anything? I don't think so. That one was pretty quick and yeah, I don't know. Really kind of set the tone for him because yeah. like, you can tell that that's one of his first ones. Yeah. If not the first one, because yeah, he he I don't want to say he feels bad, but like you can tell he's like a little bit panicky yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the way that Matt Dillon portrayed that was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I think he did a great job in that first one. Yeah. Um, so the second is incident, which is I think like my whole favorite scene in the movie so because good. like it's disturbing and you see him really like try and 
like he he doesn't know if he wants to be good or bad like mm-hmm. he's mentally ill and he is trying to stop that right mm-hmm. and then you also see like his ocd come out and like this movie's really fucked up but this scene was really fucking funny too because he just he needs he he's thinking about these things that are happening that like some of us do have in certain situations mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah he goes up to this house this girl named claire i don't know he must have like i don't know if he knew her because like this is like the town he lives in right so he may have known her but mm-hmm. i think it might have just also gathered information that he got in the house because like when the cop shows up he like no he says oh i was friends with his her husband and like we worked on the trains together and like he seems like a really smart dude well he's observant as fuck because when he's talking to her at the front door he he's like kind of scanning that front lobby because she doesn't let him in yet and he sees uh like the husband's like uh, i don't want i don't know if it's a diploma or like a recognition of excellence or something like that gets his name off that and then at one point too, he sees uh, this like railroad magazine or something like mm-hmm. that. So he starts playing that into his story. So it's right. just like, it's quick snippets of stuff that he's caught just in mm-hmm. that like five minute conversation with her at the door. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, so he says like, he's a cop and you know, she doesn't want to let him in. She's like, well, can I see your badge? And he's like trying to make an excuse like, well, Funny thing is, like, I don't have my badge. It's it's getting fixed or something like that. <laughs> it's at the silversmith. <laughs> oh, yeah, the silversmith. Um, and then I looked away for how did he get into the house? Did he just force himself in? No, he fucking he um they go through the whole badge thing, and she's like, Well, you're not coming in until I can see a badge. And yeah. then he was like, you know what? That's exactly what we want to hear. And she's like, What are you talking about? He's like, no, we want to hear people say no when strangers come to the door. He's like, lady, I sell insurance. And he like turns this into a big spiel about insurance. And he's like, I promise if you let me in, I can double your pension. She's like, wow, if you can double my pension, what's the worst that could happen if I let you in? Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, my God, man, this is so 80s because that shit would not fly now. No, definitely not. No. We oh, had a man. fucking bell guy come to our door and I did not let him in the house. I stood on the front porch to talk to him. Like, fuck oh. that, man. Yeah. Um, Bettina took a sick day today because we're getting like some spray put on our couch for like some warranty or something like that. Yeah. And uh, she's she said that the uh, Jehovah's showed up today and <laughs> she accidentally opened the door. So I was like, oh, oh no. Nice. Have fun with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then immediately like he goes in there and takes her to the ground and starts strangling her and you know is kind of fighting with her and mm-hmm. they could tell that he this is definitely is like second or third kill right he's only probably the second one i'm guessing and this one and was like very in- intimate like it was it's, it's choking right like yeah like he's strangling her for like a little bit of time and then he stops and that she's alive still but like fucked up right mm-hmm. and then he immediately is like like i'm so sorry like oh my god like what do you need what can i get you and she can't talk really and he goes and gets like uh some water from a canteen and he's like 
do you like donuts and puts the donut in the water and tries like feeding it to her and she's like coughing up blood and he like feels bad but then he starts strangling her again and then ends up killing her well, he stabs her in the chest yeah and he knows exactly where the heart is too right because he like mm-hmm. takes the measurements and i think he did that because you know it- he he put her in pain, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think, I think that, he didn't want her to suffer anymore. Yeah, because that was like very fucking quick. He just mm-hmm. stabs and fucking <laughs> blood starts coming out. <laughs> uh, and then like, honestly, probably my favorite scene in the whole movie is him cleaning up. Yeah. So it's good. so funny, man. Because he sits her in a chair to make it look like she's just sitting there, but she's covered in blood. And then he takes pictures yeah, which I thought was weird because he didn't take pictures of the first girl that no. we saw, anyways. Mm-hmm. So he takes pictures of her sitting up and like, I don't know, like it would be a normal photograph if she was dead. Uh, and then he starts cleaning, and then he puts her. Well, he puts her in the back of his van, and then he goes in and starts cleaning again. Yeah, and then he gets everything like pristine, and then he goes back yeah. to his van and he gets ready to drive off, and then he's sitting in there and he starts. It, does like a flashback into the house again and, <laughs> yeah. and it's him like lifting up the corner of the carpet and there's a blood spot and then there's a blood spot underneath the lamp so then he's like oh yeah. fuck goes back in lifts those up cleans underneath them but there's no blood there no nothing at all yeah goes back out to his van again <laughs> and then it's the same sort of thing but he's looking behind a photograph on the wall and there's blood. <laughs> it's like there's no way that that yeah it's possible right <laughs> so he goes back in again cleans all the walls down cleans the floor again goes back to his van this time he hears sirens coming yeah and he's just like fuck 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 <laughs> and he runs back into the house and starts cleaning yeah. underneath the fucking there's like an ottoman and it's uh like underneath the leg of this thing and he lifts it up and he's fucking scrubbing underneath it yeah yeah goes back out to the van again and there's a cop parked down the road and yeah across the street yeah the cop goes up to another house and he opens up the fucking van and grabs the body out of the van i'm like oh my god what is he doing yeah pulls the body out throws her into a bush and then the cop drives up mm-hmm. and he's got this whole long story about how he's a collector of tracks magazine and and yeah. claire's husband was a dear friend of his because they worked on the railroad together and, mm-hmm. and he's like <laughs> Cops like, yeah, we have reports of a robbery. He's like, you got a bigger problem than that on your hands. I'm like, is he going to admit this right now? Yeah. He's like, Claire disappeared. She's just gone. I don't know what happened to her. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been sitting out here for hours. You know, she said she's going to come right out. You know, I knocked a few times and nothing. So, you know, it might be an issue. Yeah. Um, But I just like, him going back in and forth like out of the house and oh it's so oh, it's so funny um and so the cop like goes up and you know knocks on the door nothing and jack says won't you maybe it's unlocked try opening it and opens the door and the cop goes in looking for claire and jack comes in he's like <laughs> in there pulling the painting off and looking to see under yeah. the thing to check for blood and and the cop is like hell oh, that's weird and Jack is like trying to help him and cops like, no, you need to get the fuck out of here. And Jack's just going like, well, you know, I know my uh, constitution of rights. Like I'm a taxpaying citizen. So I feel like I have a lot of information. I can help you with this stuff. And 
I forget what he says, but it's like, uh, yeah, it's just like ridiculous. He wants the cop to thoroughly search the room so he yeah. can go back out to the fucking van and collect the body again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he goes back out to the van and immediately ties some rope to the back door. And you're like, okay, what the fuck is he doing? Gets in the truck and the cop like looks at the window and Jack kind of waits and the cop leaves and then Jack just pulls off and you see the fucking body being <laughs> fucking pulled through the whole town a blood trail just going. Oh man, it's so great. Uh, what movie was it? It was one of the wrong turn movies and they did that and we fucking died laughing at that. Like five maybe? Yeah. And then he fucking gets to his little restaurant or whatever. And yeah, you see the blood trail like all through the alley and down the road and he flips the body over and it's just like fucking like brains. That's fucking, oh man. Oh, it was terrible. Just fucking flat and yeah. 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 Um, And then like when he gets there, like immediately stops raining or starts raining. Yeah. And, you know, it washes all the blood away and he goes into this big like kind of speech thing that's like, you know, I'm not a man. I don't believe in religion or something but like i feel like that was like an act of god or whatever mm-hmm. and, you know that was helping him yeah wash all the blood away yeah yeah and throughout this whole thing like he's talking to verge because he's telling verge all these stories mm-hmm. and there's a couple times where verge kind of calls him out on stuff yeah and i was think like did all this shit actually happen? Like, are the people in this movie so stupid mm-hmm. that they allowed for this to happen? Like, the cop, and then plus, like, the two women that he was able to kill very easily. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I it, really don't. It kind of brings up the American Psycho argument of, like, was it all in his head? Yeah, yeah. Because the whole ending, like, it's like, okay, what the fuck happened there? Like, mm-hmm. you know... Um. Yeah. Because like this cop was dumb as shit too. Which one? It's a cop at Lady Two's house at Claire's house. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. you told him not to go anywhere. You could clearly hear that van start up because that thing mm-hmm. was like a fucking tank. <laughs> yeah. And like you don't look at the window again and watch him drive off with the body fucking tied to the back of the van. <laughs> like, <laughs> and you have a blood trail right to where he's going. And I'm pretty sure he passes like a truck or something on the road yeah. that goes around the fucking thing. Yeah. Man. Um, so we do get a little bit of backstory into Jack's kind of childhood a little bit. Um there's like a really kind of cool story. Um that Jack and Virgil are having this conversation about how when Jack was young, he really liked to run through the the reeds. Um what? Oh, go ahead. I thought I heard something. Okay. Uh he likes to run through the reeds um when he's running away from people. And then <clears throat> Virgil is like, Well, were you running away from someone but wanting them to like find you because with reeds it leaves a very heavy trail of you passing through it mm-hmm. and then it shows a young jack like laying there and then like opens his hands and he's smiling mm-hmm. um and he goes on about how 
his favorite part of the day was when all the men would come out and scythe the grass in the field. Like that whole scene was like really simple, but really like just, I don't know, like just the sound and stuff and like mm-hmm. the motion was like, I don't know what the, like. Everyone is so synchronized. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. even the sound is like kind of like soothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like a really fucked up scene that I totally fucking forgot about. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Jack. Yeah. Uh, Jack <laughs> is sitting on a dock and he catches a little duckling and with a net and picks it up yeah. and you know has it and then reaches for a pair of fucking snippers and just fucking cuts his leg off yeah hard to watch that was uh, and mm-hmm. then chucks it back in the water and, and it breaks my heart but you see a little duckling he can't fucking swim properly because it only has one leg and it's like, yeah you know that's you know they talk about like serial killers like they start with animals and stuff like that mm-hmm. so you know yep jack's animal was a duckling mm-hmm I forgot about that scene. I thought you were going to start talking about this next one that's coming up. Oh, no, no. Um, so before the scene you're talking about, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. we do see a few more kills. Um, he kills like a random, I don't know what she is, like a prostitute or something like that. But he like strangles her and then he talks about like, oh, I've perfected how to strangle people now. He's yeah. like, I know how long to strangle them for so they don't, like, suffer. Like, as soon as he, like, lifts up, you see the bruise already on her. So, like, he mm-hmm. knows how to do it now. Yeah. Um. And uh, so that woman, he, like, sets her up. Oh, he doesn't set her up now. He, he takes her out, goes to the cooler. Mm-hmm. And then he starts talking about how his OCD is diminishing. Yeah. And now he is taking greater chances and that's kind of giving him like I don't know, I don't think he's getting like sexual like stuff from this. He's just like a fucked up guy. Mm-hmm. Um but he's I think he says at one point, like if you try to hide, like you're gonna get more likely to get caught. So he's like yeah. just doing shit up in the open. Like he's carrying oh, yeah. two bodies like back to the hotel. And <laughs> it's like this guy doesn't care. That's what I mean though, right? Like he's just, yeah. I don't know. It's just so out in the open. Yeah. So he kills his girl, takes her back to his place. And this is when he starts like taking pictures again. He lets her freeze a bit. Mm-hmm. And then he is on his way back to her apartment to take pictures. And on his way, he sees an old lady hitchhiking. Yeah. And like he's driving and, you know, he sees her and a part of him is like, no, no, no. He's like, fuck, fuck it, fuck. And turns around, just fucking runs her over. (laughs) And Verge is like, why did you kill the old lady? So she's like bleeding in his back of his van, takes mm-hmm. them both back to the apartment. You see him like carry up the, the old lady, like fast forwards, like up to the apartment. And there's mm-hmm. people like in the windows cooking and stuff. And yeah, and like runs back down, gets the frozen girl. She's like frozen and like takes them up and <laughs> takes pictures of them. And oh, uh, yeah, 
Oh, because he took pictures of the girl but didn't like the pictures, so he goes back mm-hmm. to get better ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I guess like in a sense that's still kind of his OCD kicking in. Yeah. It's just less bit. of like less of a cleaning OCD. Yeah. Um, and then like a little flashback, not flashback, but uh these weird random things that come. So there's like points in the film where Matt Dillon or Jack is like in the alley in front of his van. He has like these signs mm-hmm. and just like throwing them. And then this I like those. Yeah. This one is like um he's telling Verge about the story of the lamb and the tiger mm-hmm. and how the tiger represents savagery and the lamb is innocence and like the lamb is this uh thing that is referenced in a lot of um stuff so you think that he's talking about himself that like a part of him or no i I don't think it'd be him maybe his victims is innocence and he's the savagery it could be like both like both of them could be him because like we know that he does have that internal struggle yeah of like Mm -hmm. wanting to be innocent yeah but then like the savagery comes out Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah this whole scene too was because every time he tells verge's story like it either cuts to like art pieces or some random dude playing a fucking piano which was weird. Yeah, yeah, a famous piano player, yeah. Yeah, and then this one, it showed, like, clips of tigers, and then it showed, like, a Mighty Mouse clip of uh, sheep fucking, or yeah. lambs frolicking through a, <laughs> yeah, like, a meadow. But, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like it could, they could both represent him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and this is where he, I think, like, fully becomes like the serial color that he, he is because mm-hmm. he starts explaining that he stops cleaning up the blood and cleaning his van of the blood mm-hmm. and he takes a picture of the girls and then writes on the letter or the picture mr sophistication is yeah. what he's naming himself yeah and he sent that picture to the the local paper as well mm-hmm. and another thing i really liked um about this movie is this one little blurb of more backstory of uh how jack is feeling like his emotions um yeah. which is the lamp posts mm-hmm. that he's having this conversation with the verge and this was like really fucking cool it was deep as fuck yeah you know because verge is asking him like you know how he's feeling why he does this and jack's just like well, do you know, like, lampposts in the dark, like, you walk, you're coming into the light, and, like, the shadow, the way your shadows are, like, the closer you get to the light, the shadow behind you gets uh, bigger. And then as you get further away from that light, the shadow in front of you gets bigger, and they come equal. And then as you walk forward, the shadow behind you, no, yeah, the shadow behind you would... No, the shadow in the shadow in front of you, because he said the shadow in front of him is like innocence or something like that. There is pain, pain, yeah, pain, and and, uh, I don't remember, but yeah, essentially, the closer you get to the lamppost that's in front of you, the the shadow that's in front, which is like the good shadow, we'll say, until you find the actual word that he used, 
that diminishes and the shadow in the back, which is the pain, that's like full. It's fully extended. Yeah, the pain him. is so great. Yeah. Um, hold on, I just found it. Okay. I mean, I could read this whole thing that Jack says. Go for it. Because it's okay, super so, interesting. I loved yeah. it. So imagine a man walking in a street underneath the street lamps. Right under the lamp is shadow. It, his shadow is the densest, but also the tiniest. Then when he starts to move, his shadow grows in front of him. The shadow becomes bigger and bigger while it thins out. And the shadow behind him from the next lamp post emerges and becomes shorter and shorter until it reaches its ultimate density. As the man stands directly underneath the light, let's say that the man sitting underneath the first lamp post is me when I've just committed a murder. I feel strong and content. I start to walk. And the shadow in front of me grows bigger, like my pleasure. But at the same time, pain is on its way, represented by the shadow behind me from the next lamppost. And at the midpoint between the lampposts, the pain is so great it outweighs my pleasure. And with every step forward, pleasure dissolves and pain intensifies behind me. Finally, the pain is so unbearably intense that I have to act. So when I reach the point until the next lamp is zenith, I will kill again. And like, that is like, one of the best mm-hmm. i don't know like writing i've ever heard in uh, like, yeah describing how he's feeling like a serial killer that description yeah it's fucking brilliant and that's what i mean with lars von trier like because he wrote this too yeah so that just puts him like mm-hmm. above and beyond like i don't know say what you will about his movies <laughs> but like yeah I don't know. With this movie, anyways, that one, that whole dialogue there was just brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which leads us into uh the fucked up part <laughs> of the movie, which yeah. Um honestly, after watching this scene, I felt nauseous mm-hmm. uh, uh, quite a bit. Um yeah. and I, I don't know how you you felt about it. But I didn't I didn't like it. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one reason I didn't want to pick this movie because there's one scene. Uh so um Jack has a new girlfriend and she has two kids. Uh one is named Grumpy. Um I forget the other one's name. Charlie? Charles. Charlie, something like that. Yeah. Uh but he's taking a note on a nice little picnic and teach him how to hunt. Mm-hmm. Um but not so, actually hunt because hunting is inhumane and disgusting. Yes. So, you know, he takes up one of the kids and uh, let him shoot the trigger. And then uh, the one grumpy kid is out in the field and Jack starts shooting at the family. And uh, I, don't, I don't know how to talk about this scene, to be honest, man. It's. I forgot it, how brutal heavy. it was. I forgot how brutal it was. It's heavy. Um, um the first kill, uh, I forgot how brutal it was, but mm-hmm. he just shot his fucking leg off. Like, yeah, it's brutal, man. It's yeah, brutal. and like the scene goes from, and like I knew it was gonna happen as soon as they fucking like. As soon as that scene opened up, I was like, okay, he's going to kill the kids. And I knew that yeah. like something was going to happen with kids because you kind of forewarned me a little bit. Yeah. Um, but like they're up in the in the stand and they shoot the target. And then he's explaining to them, they go up to the target. He's explaining to them like uh, 
for a, a buck this size or a, an animal this size, you have to hit it in its vitals. Mm-hmm. And he's explaining to the kid, he's like, we hit it in the hindquarters. Um, so like that, this is where you have hunting dogs that would go and like track the animal down so you could finish it off. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to the, the mother and the two sons hiding behind this like mound of dirt yeah. and Jack just up in the fucking tree stand shooting yeah. at them. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, how did this go from that to that? But yeah, man, it's fucking rough. Cause the little boy grumpy is his nickname. He runs out from behind the mountain of dirt. And like you mm-hmm. said, Jack just shoots him and the mother like starts screaming her fucking head off rightfully. So, and then yeah. she, she tries to run with the older boy and then Jack shoots him. So they're both dead. Both of her kids are dead. And then it cuts to him and her <laughs> having a picnic. And he's like, you know, like I just really wanted to have a really nice family picnic. And, and uh, Charles, I don't think he likes his sandwich. He's like, maybe you should feed it to him. There's apple pie, apple pie. Cause yeah. he goes on about like his dad never gave him apple pie as a kid. And mm-hmm. it's a really important part of, you know, a family picnic. Yeah. And the mother is like, obviously she is in shock. Like she yeah. doesn't know what the fuck happened. Yeah. And she like tries feeding their son high and he won't. And, <laughs> and she's like, I'll try grumpy there. And it has to get pan up his fucking leg and like show mm-hmm. the whole thing. And yeah. 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 <laughs> and then. <laughs> He, and then he, he randomly asked her, like, what's your favorite number? You know, everyone mm-hmm. has to have a favorite number. And, like, he is fucked up, man. Yeah. She goes 12. And he's like, oh, 12. That's a solid number. Yeah. And he's like, okay, you're free to go. Yeah. And then he starts counting. And yeah. I was like, oh, shit. He's going to get rid of the count of 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so he's counting as he's climbing up into the tree stand again. Whoops. And uh, she starts running, and then he fucking shoots her. And she doesn't run really; like she's she stops, well, right? Yeah. She's like walking because she's so like out of it, up, obviously. Yeah. And then it goes to like this whole. It kind of goes back to the discussion that he had with the boys with hunting, because he doesn't hit her in a vital, so she's able to kind of crawl. Yeah. And he's trying to find her while she's yeah. crawling away. And he finally finds her in like this ditch thing and finishes her off. Yeah. And in the the thing before when he's like talking about um England or Europe or doing the hunting, they mm-hmm. would like have a uh um kill parade or something like that. Yeah, kill parade or something like that. And then <laughs> just like classic Lars von Schreer, man, just like mm-hmm. put this absolutely terrible thing on like a pedestal of just like showing off his kills because he has it's like an overhead shot it's pretty gorgeous but it's fucked up um <laughs> he has like uh pine tree like branches all around into square mm-hmm. and i think there are crows right yeah uh probably maybe like 24 crows and then has like the three the two kids and uh the mob with like just laying there with uh their hats their hunting mm-hmm. hats on them yeah and uh yeah um yeah i did feel very nauseous after this scene mm-hmm. uh yeah 
with me, like shit like this in movies, uh, I don't even like, I don't know how to say it. Like, yeah, it's whenever they turn like a happy thing that like the mother and the kids would be excited about mm-hmm. and they turn it into something like this. That's what gets me. Cause it's like, Oh, it's supposed to be like this nice family picnic. Mm-hmm. And then it turns into a fucking bloodbath. Yeah. And like, that's the shit that gets me. It's like, cause like all oh, these, well, grumpy wasn't excited, <clears throat> but the older boy was like super excited yeah. about all this. And then it just fucking turns on a dime and it's like, Oh yeah. man. And like the thing, we don't know how long Jack has been with this family either. It doesn't seem like it's been long. I mean, it must be long enough for them to be as close as this, right? I guess. I don't know. But I don't know, because like the mother doesn't because really like, talk to Jack a lot. The killings are over a 12-year period, so like, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But at the same time, I can't remember when Virgil says this. It might have been after this one or it might have been after the next one. Mm-hmm. But he mentions, he's like, why are women always your target? Is it because you feel stronger than them or inferior or superior to them? Yeah. And stuff like that. And he's like, why are all the women stupid? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Jack's like, what do you mean? And he's like all these women are stupid. Like they make stupid decisions and like they go with you and they allow you into their house and all this stuff. Mm. And that was one of the things that I mentioned earlier. Like he just calls his ass out on this stuff. Yeah. And it's true. Like, Mm -hmm. cause in my mind, maybe I'm wrong, but in my mind, this little whole family thing, they haven't been dating for very long. I don't think Okay. okay. just by like body language, the way that she was acting around him, like she was trying to be like, nice and supportive and excited for Mm -hmm. the kids and for Jack. But at the same time, like her and Jack barely communicated that whole time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, if they are fresh in the relationship, what the fuck are you thinking? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So we get a little update on Jack's house. He decided that uh, was it like stoner isn't good enough. So, cinder blocks cinder blocks so he gets someone to tear down and starts using wood so builds up his house again um and now he's back at his uh hq and uh he decides that he has a plan for old grumpy um this was fucked man (laughs) uh is it bad that i laughed at this i laughed at it too but it's (laughs) fucked I mean, how bad was this fucking kid? He hated this kid so. Much. Uh, uh, Bettina started watching it at this point. Oh, great time to come in. Uh, and then she left at the the part that with uh simple that okay. you can probably guess what part yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. Um. So his plan. Uh, so he starts talking about like, um, what's the word for it? Uh, when he stuff animals and stuff. Uh, oh, taxidermy. Taxidermy. He starts talking about taxidermy, how people are really good at it, and he had to get their body to a certain temperature, and you can manipulate their position. So I don't see exactly what he's doing, but you see him like doing something to his eyes, like sticking like a wooden spindle in his eye doing something with his mouth you don't it's like a coat hanger you don't see what he's doing exactly and he's like 
putting his hand up and he's like going on and then all of a sudden you see Grumpy and Jack is just like oh Grumpy's not so grumpy anymore (laughs) (laughs) it's so fucked up but man I laughed so hard yeah Uh, he's got him like sitting up with his hand up in the air like he's waving yeah and he's got like this big fucking smile on his face like the fucking joker yeah and his eyes are all fucked up like he looks like a drunk on a saturday night uh yeah it's fucked up but i laughed that was yeah that's some dark humor right there (laughs) (laughs) uh so now on to uh the fourth incident um we kind of see he says uh so we see that jack has gotten feelings for a girl uh her name is simple uh, her real name is actually Jacqueline, I think. He just calls yeah. her simple because he's a he's a fucking asshole. <laughs> oh man, he's a big time asshole to her. Um, and so even right off the bat, like he gets up there and she is like, I don't want to look at you. And and he like has this like telephone where they can like talk and stuff like this. And then just like out of the blue, he's like, they're sitting together now, and he's like just asshole and He's like, oh, I killed 60 people. And he's like, I'm a serial killer. Mm-hmm. And then she's just like kind of sitting there like she is very dumb. Uh, <laughs> <She's> <laughs> and like, she just weird. doesn't get it that. Yeah, she's like, you're weird. And um, things don't like, go get me a fucking magic marker. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, black or red will work. And he just told her that she's a serial. Uh, he's a serial killer and mm-hmm. she's going to be the next kill. But. She doesn't leave, so just goes gets the uh a magic marker. He's a tomb and he pulls her shirt down and starts drawing her tits. And Around I, circle Bettina's, around her tits. Circles. And Bettina was watching this, so I was like, Yeah, I might not want to watch. I it's probably gonna be gross. I forget what it is, but I just know it's gonna be <laughs> fucked up. And then like it didn't happen for a bit. And he's just like drawing on her, and then um yeah, then like she like freaks out and leaves and goes downstairs to where the cop is out there. And she goes up to him and she's like, Hey, like my friend here is like being really weird and he says he's killed 60 people and he's a serial killer. And then the cop is not helping her, obviously. He, like he's just he's like, more focused on her being drunk. Yeah, he's like, Oh, how much I have to drink? Like, go home and then out of nowhere, Jack shows up for the cop car, like hits it. And it's just like everything she has said, you expect him to say not true. Yeah. But he says, it's true. I've killed 60 people. I'm a serial killer. And the cops are just like, Miss, I suggest you get your friend and you up to back to your apartment. Mm-hmm. And this fucking drives off. It's yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. That's what I mean. Like everybody is so fucking stupid in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but and I guess like, like that was, oh, well, that would have been in the nineties maybe by now. Yeah. Cause it originally takes place in the eighties. Right. But so I was thinking like at that point he might just be, I don't know, chauvinistic and like women are stupid and men are superior mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like that was that kind of time. Yeah. So, but yeah. I mean, no excuse. You're a fucking police officer. 
Yeah, really. You got a guy confessing to killing yeah. 60 people in front of you. Yeah. Uh, so then like he's sitting down, he starts like crying and stuff and she comes up and he's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Can you forgive me? And you know, of course she's like, yeah. And then they go back to his apartment and she's going on about like how he needs some pills and like he falls asleep and she tries like calling someone, but she can't get through. She tries like six times. Mm -hmm. And then finally realizes that the cord was cut. So then she tries leaving, but the door he must have jerry-rigged it somehow. Well, she her door was weird. So, like, the keyhole was on the inside of the apartment. Mm-hmm. So, like, she locked it with her keys from the inside of the apartment. Yeah. And he took the keys out. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't able to lock or unlock it. Right. Um, <clears throat> and then he's there and he, like, goes up to her. And... I love this scene too. Uh, yeah, he's. What does he say exactly? I'm gonna pull um, it up right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, he says to her, um, "She goes, you're Mister Sophisticated, aren't you?" And he goes, uh, "He's like, well, if you feel like you need to scream, you probably should." Yeah. And then she starts screaming. Um, the fuck's the name of this movie? Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping they have the quote. Cause like she starts screaming he's like, see, nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. And then he goes, let's go to the window. Yeah. And they start screaming at the window. And, and the funny nobody... thing is like at the door after she's screaming, you know, he's like, Oh, that's pretty good. And then he starts screaming like, how, how? And yeah. then he's like, he's like, Shh. he's like, wait a minute. You don't hear anything. Yeah. And he's like, there's some good neighbors you have there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, let's go to the window. And they're screaming out. And then he like yells out, help. And he like, the camera pans out to him. It's in the window. And like, there's like silence. Yeah. And I don't have the quote about that, but I have this one here that I liked too. Um, he says it to her. He says, you know, there's something that's been bothering Mr. Sophistication for quite a bit. And perhaps it's more interesting to him than it would be to you. But to be honest, he's pretty fucking pissed when he thinks about it. Why is it always the man's fault? No matter where you go, it's like you're some sort of wandering guilty person without even having harmed a simple kitten. I actually get sad when I think about it. If one is so unfortunate as to be an, as to have been born male, then you're also born guilty. Think of the injustice in that. Women are always the victims, right? And men, they're always the criminals. And like... That's fucking heavy, dude. Yeah. And like as as a man, for me personally, I can relate to that in mm-hmm. a sense. Cause like I don't know, like I have kids, and like if I'm walking down the street sometimes, like with my kids that I have raised, help raise, there's some times where like I think like, do people think that like I'm a bad dad. Do people think that mm-hmm. I kidnapped these kids? Like, yeah. what do people think? Or like, if I'm not with my wife, do they think that we're divorced? Mm-hmm. And like, I'm, I only have my kids on the weekend. And like, there's just mm-hmm. all these stupid thoughts that like run through a man's head. Well, me personally, but yeah, I don't know if it's like that with everybody, but it's just like, mm-hmm. there's always something going on. And like, even if I'm walking down the street, like I'm not, a mean person at all i don't think mm-hmm. but like 
you still like I still feel guilty almost like if I'm walking mm-hmm. down the street and like I walk past a woman like is, does she think I'm going to do something or anything like that it's mm-hmm. like I don't know it's almost like society has put this burden on men mm-hmm. not to turn this into a political thing but just that <laughs> yeah. quote man that quote like yeah. that hit me hard whenever I was mm-hmm. watching it I was like god damn like that is so true yeah yeah and I mean over the years, yeah, we've as men, not us personally, but like men as a, a gender, sex, whatever, has kind of put that onto us in mm-hmm. the past with like shit that we've done. And like it's always been mm-hmm. like a man's world kind of thing. Yeah. But not everybody's like that. No, no, for sure. Very well. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, so then he cuts her tits off. Uh, that's, that's a nice segue. <laughs> uh, oh shit, that was great. Um, yeah. So yeah, he, yeah he ends up tying her up and you know gags her, puts the phone line around her things, and is like starts picking up the knives. And this is when Bettina's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go make dinner now," and. Uh, you know, like, it's just like it shows this sadistic side of him. Like, he lets her pick the knife, and you know, she picks a knife, and he's like, "Are you sure that's kind of a fucked up choice?" And it, it this movie, it had it shows him disturbing images, but it only shows like a little minute of it. Yeah, like I tried not to look at this. Like I saw the first like little slice, but oh yeah, mm-hmm. you see him just fucking hack off her boob yeah and then it just like gets him to some funny shit when he goes down to the fucking cop car it puts her one tit under the windshield wiper oh man yeah as if to be like you fucking idiot like look what you could have stopped yeah exactly and we see the other one later on in the movie which (laughs) is fucking hilarious (laughs) oh man uh so yeah then he demolishes his house again Mm-hmm. um that he's building yep do you think he's actually building this house i don't know man because like virgil shows him a house later on too or like we see a house whenever he's talking to virgil later on and there's like nothing to it it's like not even a house just the frame i just had this like thought um do you think his house is like him i think it could be like, like in his, his mind like, his mind or like his legacy as this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he doesn't end up finishing building his house, right? No, but he and does we don't, make. I mean, we don't see him like finish the kills at the end. So, like, mm-hmm. so his house know. never gets complete. Yeah. But Virgil says to him, I have a house that, that you can make or whatever. Yeah, because Virgil puts to the house together at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we do see some like clips, I think, from other Von Schuer movies, because we see Antichrist with uh <laughs> William Defoe with the fucking uh wheel in his leg. Yeah. Uh, I think Melancholy was in there because I'm pretty sure we see like I think it's a disaster kind of movie, mm. like end of the world. We see like the explosion. Um He's in the uh, the gun shop with Al, yeah. and this is where we see the other breast 
He's like, yeah, I made it out of a wallet. <laughs> it's like he's buying a full metal jacket, uh, ammo. We see him like, oh yeah, how much is that? We see the fucking tit. And he's oh, man, it's so funny. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's the uh, fifth incident, and um, he kidnapped six men. Uh, I think the last man was trying to break into his van, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 Um, so he brings them onto the cooler, and he has this like bar stand set up with all the men, like with their heads tied to the bar, and they're on the line. And like, I, I Matt Dillon's so good in this. Like, he's so calm mm-hmm. and like. Just the way his, his he has so many monologues in this movie that they all are just so great. Um, yeah, and he's going on about how in World War II they didn't have many resources, so they had to do a lot of kills with like like one bullet or whatever. So he's like, "I'm gonna do an experiment on my own and have this full metal jacket bullet to see if I get through all your skulls." Mm-hmm. And the last guy he kidnapped says that's not a full metal jacket i was in the military that's just a regular hunting round yeah and the jacket's like ah fuck you're right (laughs) (laughs) okay i found an article that i'm gonna read later okay after we finish uh so jack you know is like okay i'll be back and they're all like we're fucking freezing like it's a freezer <laughs> and he has this like uh like thermal blanket yeah and he's like oh he's like don't die on me <laughs> so he leaves goes back to al and is basically to al like you know he's like you sold me uh rather your hunting rifle like look at the fucking box and he like, goes on about like it's very uh like descriptions are very much like American Psycho, I feel. Like he's mm-hmm. like, you know, this box says full metal jacket, but look, these are aren't full metal jackets. Like, I paid this price, I should get what is on like the box. Like he's very thorough. Mm-hmm. And then Al's like, Oh yeah, okay, sure. Um and but I then think, Al um, wants him to like provide a receipt. Yeah. And like, and then uh Jack's like, fuck it, like just sell me another box. But make yeah. sure that it is what it is. And then Al's like, well, I'm going to need ID. Yeah. I don't know if he's like purposely trying to hold him there for longer. Because he, he called the cops. Yeah. Because he knows that they're looking for Jack, I think. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of trying to stall. Yeah. And then Jack just says like, fuck it. Leaves. um, And is driving to his friend uh, SP. Uh, Jack crashes his van and runs up to his trailer and then SP knows that the cops are after him so mm-hmm. he holds a, uh, Jack at gunpoint, calls the cops tells them that he's here and then um, so nowhere fucking Jack stabs the shit out of him which is a sick fucking kill. Yeah he gets him right, right up, up, in up the fucking... into the fucking face yeah. uh, and the cops come and the cop gets in there we see SP on the floor and we see just a man standing with like this red uh robe. Mm-hmm. Um and then Jack just turns around and shoots the cop, kills yeah. him. Takes the so, cop car. <laughs> he gets the one bullet though. He does get the yeah, one yeah, yeah. full metal jacket. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, it takes the cop car. <laughs> I love this. The lights are still fucking flashing. The sirens are still going off. Yeah, goes while he's and in parks his... it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh so he gets in there, puts his bars up on the uh the door there. And um kind of line up a shot and he can't get a focus because he's too close. Mm-hmm. And he has the gun set up in front of the door he can't open, and then he's like, ah fuck. He's like, I can't can't do it because the gun won't focus so he sees like a the end of the pipe that was like part of his contraption there Mm -hmm. and he uses that to get leverage on the door and gets it open and so he goes in he starts like putting his tape down to try and um get the the gun in the right spot you see him like line up the shot and then you hear like uh jack like uh someone talking to him in the room and you see the cops that are welding like the thing to try and get through the door um and you see here verge talking to jack mm-hmm. and then jack turns on the lights and we see verge sitting in the corner of the room and yeah this is the part where the movie lost me um i would watch this movie again but i would stop it at this part Yes and no. Maybe not stop it. After what I just read, I think you kind of need it. Okay. Do you want me to just ex- explain? Okay, so or... we'll quickly go through what happens. Yeah, 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 okay. So, Burge is explaining to Jack that he's been with him throughout his whole life or through the 12 years that he started killing. I think it's only through like the the 12 years yeah so we see like flashbacks of the kills and we see verge like in the background or in the area and then all of a sudden this house pops up in this little freezer and it's all of the bodies that verge has collected from jack's killings over the 12 years he's Mm -hmm. built this little house for him and verge is in the house and verge is like come on jack come in the house and he goes in and there's like a hole in the ground mm-hmm. and they go in and like, it's, I don't understand this whole part. There's like fucking they're in bubbles <laughs> that are going down in water. They get to a point where it's like, obviously some famous painting of some sort, um, I'm guessing. And then they get to this like fire bridge out of Lord of the Rings. Um that's actually the bridge that uh, Gandalf fell, shall not pass. <laughs> uh, but there's like fire and stuff. And, you know, Verge is explained to him that this is the deepest part of hell. And like across the bridge is like going back up to, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. Earth or whatever. Yeah. And so Verge leaves. And before that, um, Jack is like, well, could I walk get around like climbing the wall to get back to the other side and Verge is like you can uh many people have tried but failed mm-hmm. and he's like i'm gonna leave that option up to you so jack is like okay yes i want to try it he goes to try and do it and he falls into the deepest part of hell so i think verge brought him down to hell and i think jack saw the light maybe so maybe jack wanted to 
maybe fix or get back to heaven or like back to earth maybe i don't know i think this plays back into the whole tiger and the lamb argument where like okay. he he wants to be innocent he wants to be able to go to heaven or whatever yeah but it um like his subconscious wouldn't let him so that's so, what you thought like through this whole thing like no what were, your, what were your thoughts going through this this scene this article confirms what my thoughts were and it like because okay. it reminded me of dante's inferno see i what i i think i read that on a letterbox thing or somewhere mm-hmm. that is dante's inferno and i've been wanting to watch the movie for a while but i've never seen it so maybe is that's why movie? like it is yeah did they make a movie out of it oh no i think of jacob's ladder <laughs> yeah no inferno dante's inferno is a book okay Um, but there's also a game on the ps3 i think it was that i played and it was so fucking good man and that's where i've gotten Mm. like a lot of like the dante's inferno lore yeah i mean there's a movie from 1924 1935 (laughs) and then there's a uh, tv movie that came out which probably isn't that great but yeah Oh, this guy's doing blackface. All right, that's cool. Oh, nice. So continue. This article explains the ending. Okay. And it says, who is Verge? What was the house that Jack built about? So let's get the obvious out of the way. Verge is short for Publius Virgilius Mero, a.k.a. Virgil, who is the poet who takes Dante through hell. So we have a Dante's Inferno illusion where a verge is taking Jack through hell, but why Why would Jack be in hell if he never died? And this article says, this is where I prefer to think that Jack did die. We stop going through the plot as soon as the cop fires into the freezer. And we do hear very quietly, um, drop the gun or put your hands up or something like that. Mm. And then that's when we meet Virgil. Oh, okay. So I'm thinking the cops did kill him. Yeah. And then that's when he meets Virgil or Verge. And then they go through this whole thing. Um, The significance of the locked room inside the freezer. I believe that the room that is frozen shut is metaphorical in nature, that it is a part of Jack's mind that is locked away. Inside this portion of his mind resides his conscience. He sees his conscience in the form of Verge. So why is Jack suddenly able to access this room, part of his mind, and able to talk to his conscience? Well, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the cop, that the shot the cop fired hit Jack. And as soon as Jack begins dying, he is able to access the area of the locked up mind and his conscience. And every, everything that we are shown, Jack physically meeting Verge, rapidly constructing the house of corpses, jumping through the hole in the ground and the chaos that follows is all happening inside Jack's dying mind. And then, like, the whole movie is Jack confessing to the murders, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, to Verge. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point, Verge objects to Jack, saying, Stop it, you antichrist. I don't recall ever having escorted a so thoroughly depraved person as you. Jack seems to consider death to be artistic, and hence the comparison to the pianist. Uh, Jack's conscience metaphorically takes him through the circles of hell. Through this journey, Jack witnesses a sight of a meadow with men working with scythes. This represents the place of innocence and peace that he used to feel as a child, watching the men working the meadows. Jack sheds a tear 
as he remembers his victims, perhaps the closest Jack will get to repentance. Hmm. Um, finally, they reach the broken bridge. The other side of the bridge leads to heaven, but Verge tells Jack that it's not where he's meant to go. Jack doesn't care. He wants to climb all the way around and tries to, but falls into the abyss. Effectively, Jack dies, and in his fading mind, he witnesses himself falling into the inferno, into hell. His conscience doesn't allow him to be acquitted of the crimes. Yeah. So all these flashbacks are like, everything in this movie is just Jack's conscience in his last dying moments. Mm. Hmm. Which... Yeah. Blows my mind a little bit. Yeah. And raises my score. Damn. All right. That theory. Okay. It's it makes complete and total sense to me. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Cool. Yeah. Uh, that was long winded, I'm sorry, but it was it's all good, man. <laughs> it's all good. Uh yeah. I mean anything else that like you want to bring up about this movie that we didn't touch on or uh i don't think so i think we touched on a lot more than i expected us to yeah me too (laughs) um all right well that's the way the blood splatters all right i was doing my letterboxed review yeah i i was going back and forth so much Mm -hmm. did you write an actual review for it i was going to but i didn't No. did you all right. How did you rate this? Uh, for story, I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Um, no, I'll give it 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. Uh, I think just the, um, the way that they wrote and showed Jack's like backstory, his thought process, his emotions, like I felt like it captured everything about Jack mm-hmm. in this movie mm-hmm. very fucking well. Um, the writing was very good. Like we've covered a few dialogues in this movie that is just like mind blowing. Just the uh comparison to how he's feeling. Like I've never heard a movie describe an emotion like the lamppost scene, like ever. Yeah. You understand why he's doing this. And is why I love American Psycho so much is because that movie also captures Patrick Bateman's thought process throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to do these things, but it's happening. He's having these thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um but even in that movie, they don't explain it really. Like they, no, they, no, they no, capture no. it, but they don't explain it. Yeah. Um, the ending, like without looking it up, I just didn't get it at all. I, mm-hmm. I didn't know what Dante's Inferno was. I have no, no idea what it is. Um, so I can't really compare that. I just thought it was weird. Um, mm-hmm. but I think the next watch going into it with this information, I think I will like it a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. the we already talked about this, but the way Lars von Trier like has really heavy and disturbing moments. He's not doing it for shock value. It's just building his character and his story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, go eight out of 10. Um, quality, I'll give a seven out of 10. Uh, I think the acting was fan- like Matt Dillon. 
crushed it in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, holy fuck. Yeah. Um, I also felt like Virgil, like his voice, like was mm-hmm. really uh, awesome too. Yeah. Uh, I thought like the movie looked really well. Uh, I liked how I did kind of like progress through like the the time of like the eighties into the nineties. Um, the soundtrack was very good, especially the ending of the Jack Don't Come Back. Perfect. Yeah, that was good. That Perfect. was good. And the whole like fame movie, which we didn't really touch on, like I felt like Jack was trying to build toward that fame, right? Because he made himself mm-hmm. a name and was sent into the paper. So he's like trying to get that fame of being mm-hmm. a serial killer. I got sick of that song though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh I thought like the special effects were great, um, as disturbing as they were. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah. I'll go uh, eight out of ten and seven out of ten, but honestly, just like talking about the movie, but I want to give it a higher score, but I'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, ironically enough, I bumped my story from a six to an eight after okay. reading that article and discussing it. Um, it was already going up to a seven just from our conversation, and then mm-hmm. reading that article bumped it up even more. Um. It's so well thought out and so well written that if you don't understand what the subject content is or where Lars von Trier is going with it, it's not going to be a good time for you probably. And I think that's where my original low score came from. Like I thought it was a yeah. super unique take on the serial killer. So that's why I was giving yeah. it a six. Mm-hmm. But I didn't fucking understand where he was going with it until yeah. we kind of had a discussion and then reading up on it. But like, it's uh, I've, we've already said that he's brilliant and yeah, like just this writing in this movie and the way he was able mm-hmm. to compare this serial killer story to Dante's Inferno is just mm-hmm. above and beyond. Yeah, like so, it's 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 a long movie. Mm-hmm. And I read in the trivia that he actually wanted to split this into, uh, I don't know if it's a TV show or parts, mm-hmm. which I think could have worked as well. But I also, I think the two and a half hours is kind of needed, at least at least like two hours-ish. Yeah. Because um, it does, you know, progress a lot. Mm-hmm. And like knowing where he was going with it kind of helped helps now make sense of why he was like falling back to like the art style of like how everything's being compared to paintings and Mm -hmm. uh like previous um diplomats and shit like that like there's one Mm -hmm. scene where we see hitler and yeah and then there's the pianist and everything like that so Mm -hmm. on a first watch for me it didn't fucking make any sense but (laughs) Like, as you said, on another watch and like with this newfound information and everything like that, I think on a second watch, it could be a lot more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I'm not going to go and rush to watch this anytime soon. Yeah. A second time. But I think uh, didn't Ben cover this one? Yes. Yeah. And I know he really likes the movie, too. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I might go back and re-listen to that episode yeah if it's oh uh, was this one of their ones that they oh it might have been the old one that, that they, they deleted yeah yeah 
might not be able to. Maybe I can convince him to send it to us. Or we'll just, he can just do it again. We can go on it. Yeah. He can uh, convince us. Yeah, I don't think it's in their newer ones. They did Antichrist back in February. Oh, yeah. Anyways. Um, so, yeah. Uh, my quality, I give it an eight as well. Uh just the acting phenomenal. Um, the art style or the cinematography and like directing style was really cool. Like this movie was mm-hmm. filmed in 2018, but it felt like an eighties movie. Just mm-hmm. like the way that the camera angles were and the shots were like, it felt like it could have been an eighties movie. So I feel like they did a really good job with that. Um, the kills were in some cases pretty uh, original. I guess we could say like cutting the girl's yeah. tits off and yeah. and the whole <laughs> the whole car scene with uh, Claire dragging behind the van. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that shit was just insane. But yeah, I don't know. I didn't enjoy it as much as I could have, right? Just because I I was like so focused on how fucked up it was and like not understanding it. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Um. I did read that uh, Kirsten Dunst was offered a role in this movie. Oh, because she was in Melancholia. Oh, she right. ultimately uh, turned it down and set away from the project. Who do you think she was offered to play? Simple. Yeah, yeah I agree. Hundred percent. Yeah. Maybe she didn't want to have her boobs on screen. That's why she turned it down. Mm, yeah. I could she's, see that. She's not a, an actress that gets nude very often. No, no. But anyways, yeah. 8 out of 10 for both story and quality for me. Nice. All right. You guys know our scores. Sit on over to Rotten Tomatoes and see what they've scored it. Uh, the Critics Consensus. The House of Jack Built presents writer-director Lars von Trier at his most profoundly uncompromising, hard to ignore, and for many viewers, just as difficult to digest. What do you think the critics scored it? I'm going to say 72. You are much too high. Damn. 60%. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Just barely fresh. Interesting. Well, I read on Rotten or on uh, IMDb that at the Cannes Film Festival in 2018, uh, hundred people, including critics, walked up and left the movie. But it also got a standing ovation. Ah, so they missed out, idiots. That's why you stick around to the end. Uh, but yeah, that was 60 percent on 138 reviews and an average score of 6.2 out of 10. And the audience rating was a 65% on a thousand ratings and an average score of 3.5 out of 5 or a 7 out of 10. Right. It's Letterbox got for us. Letterbox is pretty similar, has a 3.6 out of 5. Uh, I originally was a 3.5, but it did bump it up to a 4. So I was going back and forth between a 4 and a 3.5. So I'll stick with 4. Okay. What would you? What was I was originally a three but i'm also gonna bump it up to a four all right cool uh ben from xhr pod gave it a four out of five um i don't know how many of my friends have watched this i think anthony a four out of five 
Jensen of two and a half out of five. I think that's that surprises me. This seems like a Jensen type movie. I think so. I don't know. Slash and Captain four out of five. That's it. So fairly well received in our circle of people. Okay, you ready for the scare section? All right, what'd you give for a scare rating? Nine out of ten. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, not necessarily scary. Uh, although Matt Dillon is like, I don't know, man. He's so he reminds me of Christian Bale so much and American mm. Psycho. Yeah. Um, but like the incident number three with the family, uh, mm. just made me feel so nauseous after like. I don't even have kids and yeah. Um, there's some like fucked up kills in it. Uh just I don't know, man, just the way this movie feel like leading up to it, it's like I know there's fucked up shit in this and like I shouldn't watch this movie, but you know, it's just <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. Maybe let's too have a score, but oh well. It's your um, score. Scariest scene, uh I don't know, man. This is tough. I gotta go with the the body being dragged. Uh, just when he pulls off that tarp, and <laughs> there's nothing left but <laughs> just flat brains. Oh man! Even like Jack was kind of like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> and would I survive? I'll say yes because I don't think I'm as dumb as these people, and be. We don't see men being killed except for SP. Even though Jack says he's killed people, he did kill the cop too, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I think I would survive. Okay. What's you? Um, my scare rating, I gave it a 5 out of 10. Um, you attribute this to like to American Psycho, but I see it more as like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. So I went back to my scare rating on that and I only gave it a two out of 10. Okay. But I find this one does bump it up a bit because of like killing off the family and it's a lot more gory than Henry was. Uh, So I feel like if, because Henry was in the nineties, right? Or is like early two thousands. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like different Mm -hmm. times. Definitely. Yeah. So that's kind of like, I kind of had Henry as my base point and I just kind of went from there. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, for all the same reasons as you, like killing the kids, that's a big fucking no, no for me, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, all the blood and go, well, there's really only the one scene that's like really gory. Uh, I'd say there's more than that, but I mean, which scene right. do you think is gory? Well, obviously, fucking Claire getting her face shaved off by concrete. Yeah, I mean, fucking is a ho- literally a hole in Uma Thurman's head. Yeah, that's true. All right. Yeah, some two scenes. If we see a kid's leg get shot off, how's that not gory? <laughs> that was like at a distance, though. We couldn't really see it up close. Anyways, um, uh, <clears throat> scary scene. I also said 
the chick's face. Um, yeah, it's just. I don't know. It was just great. It wasn't really scary, but it was like, no. I don't know. It was probably my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, and would I survive? I don't know, man. It's tough. Cause like, yeah, he mainly targets women, but he does kill the two guys. And then at the end, he's got six guys lined up. So he's not like, I didn't think of that. He's unpredictable. He's unpredictable and he's kind of manipulative, but like the people in this movie were really fucking dumb, dude. But he's also smart too, right? Yeah. But like, I'm not letting some, it's also like a different time though, right? Like the eighties, I didn't worry about it that much. Like in this day and age, like I'm not going to let you in my house if I don't know who you are. Yeah. I don't care what you're offering me. Yeah. So I don't know. In this day and age, no. Uh, yes, I would survive if that took place in the 80s. Probably not, because I'd probably be a little more uh, willing to allow a stranger into my house. Fair enough. Which just seems crazy, but... <laughs> uh, I forgot I need to pick a movie. Oh, I have one. Okay. It's one that you and I have seen together, actually. Okay, that's very few movies. Mm-hmm. I know it's not it chapter two because we just covered that one. It was a while ago. Casey was with us too. Actually, wait, no, we went to see it, but the fucking the power went out at the theater or some shit, and they gave us free tickets afterwards. Vaguely remember this. I don't remember what movie it was though. It's super ironic that the power went out during this movie. Dude, I've been wanting to do this movie for a while. If it's what I think it is. What do you think it is? Is it lights out? Yes, sir. Dude, yeah. (laughs) Nice. This movie freaked the shit out of me, dude. We did end up going to watch it, though. I feel like we did, yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah, definitely. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is yeah. like, well, I don't want to get into it, but I feel like low key, no one fucking talked about this movie. Yeah, no, not really. I haven't watched it since it came out, so I don't know. I haven't either. <laughs> I liked it when it first came out, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel like nobody talks about this movie. No. All right, yeah. let's, let's save our, our, our talks for the movie then. Yeah. When did that come out? 2019, so four years ago. Nice. Damn. All right. So that's what we're going to do. Lights out in two weeks. Sick, excited. Sweet. All right. Anyways, let's wrap this up. It's getting late. This is going to be a fucking two hour episode. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you guys want to catch us on social media, you can find us at a podcast on Elm Street on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. If you click the link in our bio on Instagram, you'll find links to our T Public account where we have our merch. And there's also a link to our Patreon account if you wish to support the podcast that way. And there's links to our individual letterboxed accounts, our Discord server, and anywhere that you can listen to us. Thank you for listening to this long-ass episode and yep. us babbling on about a movie that we didn't understand. Yeah, <laughs> we had fun doing it. Hell yeah. All right. Cool. All right. We'll talk to you guys in a couple of weeks. See you later. Later.